Howdy, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Wise About Texas. I'm Ken Wise, your host, and I wanted to do this episode as a tribute to the life and times of the 41st President of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush. We lost President Bush last Friday. I'm releasing this episode on Wednesday, December the 5th, 2018, the day of the state funeral in Washington, D.C. The reason that I wanted to do this bonus episode is that President Bush was a Texan. And I got to thinking the other day, what is it that makes us Texans? Do you have to be born here? That's probably the most common definition. And most certainly, someone who's not born here will be trumped in any conversation by somebody that was born here, and then we'll start arguing about how far back our ancestors go. But is that really what it means to be a Texan? I don't think so. I think what it means to be a Texan is to live your life a certain way, to exhibit a certain character, a strength of character, to exhibit certain qualities, individualism, perhaps even idealism, a great work ethic, a strong set of values to which you remain true your entire life. And of course, a presence in Texas. Well, let me tell you, President Bush had all of those things. Born in the Northeast, when he was 18 years old and graduated high school, his parents wanted him to go to college, and he would have gone to Yale, and he had an opportunity to do so and avoid fighting in World War II. But that was not President Bush. He said, no, I'm going to go join the Navy, and I'm going to be a pilot. And that's exactly what he did. And he was the youngest, as far as we know, the youngest naval aviator ever to get his wings. He flew in World War II successfully until the Japanese shot him down on a mission. And what's significant about that event, he was fished out of the Pacific Ocean by a submarine. What's significant is that the rest of his crew were lost And that stayed with him his entire life, and I believe probably shaped the gentleness he exhibited, even while exhibiting extraordinary toughness. I've had occasion to meet many World War II veterans, and they seem at a quiet peace. And I think when you face death, as President Bush did in war, that happens. He did graduate from Yale and, by the way, played in two College World Series in the 40s. He was a fantastic athlete, and he had an opportunity to follow what might be considered a traditional path for a Northeasterner and join his father's firm, Brown Brothers Harriman, on Wall Street, but he didn't do that because he wanted to make his own way. That sounds a lot like the early Texans to me, and he made his own way. He became an oil tool salesman, starting at the bottom in California and other places. He settled in Midland, Texas. He formed an oil company eventually uh, called Zapata, which morphed into eventually Pennzoil and was successful in the oil business. But he had such an ethic of service, something uh, to do something for his fellow man, to do something for his country. He ran for office, and you know what he did? He failed. He didn't make it. And many people, and I've seen it personally, being in politics myself, will just quit. We'll just say, you know what, this is not for me, obviously, because I didn't make it the first time. That is not George Bush. 
He kept trying. He knew that he was called to serve this country, that he was capable of serving this country, and he was elected to Congress. By this time, he lived in Houston. He left Congress to run for the Senate, This his second run for the Senate, and he didn't make it. And he had been in Washington, and maybe this time he would think, this is not for me. I'm not going to serve. I'm just going to go back to business. But he didn't do that. He did go back to business, but he knew in his heart that he was called to serve the country. President Nixon agreed. President Bush became ambassador to the United Nations. He became an envoy to China. We didn't have diplomatic relations, so he wasn't technically an ambassador, but he was our first envoy to China, and what a critical, critical time that was in American-Chinese relations, and he helped shape that and start that. And President Nixon wisely realized that he was the right kind of person with the right kind of character and the right kind of manner to make that happen, and he did. Listeners are probably more familiar with his years as Reagan's vice president. One interesting story from that time that I've heard in the many tributes to President Bush that have been going on during this time is that when President Reagan was shot, and of course Vice President Bush became President Bush for a time, and they wanted to land Marine One on the White House lawn, and President Bush said no. The President of the United States, Ronald Reagan, lands on the White House lawn. He didn't have to exhibit that humility, uh, but that was George H.W. Bush. The Berlin Wall fell while George H.W. Bush was president, and he could have gone over there and he could have taken credit, credit he deserved at least a lot of, but he didn't do that. He said this is the moment for the people of Germany. That's the kind of selflessness and focus on others that he exhibited his whole life. He signed the Clean Air Act. He signed the American with Disabilities Act, probably one of the most consequential pieces of legislation in the last 50 years. He nominated Justice Clarence Thomas to the Supreme Court, one of the most important and consequential and great justices of modern times. Of course, the Gulf War occurs during his presidency. And one interesting story from that time is when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait, I heard a story that President Bush and Margaret Thatcher got together and decided, in Bush's words, this will not stand. He was resolute, and of course that war was prosecuted to successful conclusion in an extremely short time. He didn't win re-election in Plenty of talking heads are discussing why there was a third-party candidate that came in and sort of messed up the voting, etc., but whatever. It didn't matter. He was an extraordinarily consequential president, and we are grateful for his service. But you know, as good as he was in office, he was almost a better example after the presidency. He withdrew from public life in the sense that he would not criticize his successor publicly. He conducted himself with dignity at all times, focused on the dignity of the presidency and the special place he held as a representative of the United States of America, which he would be as a former president, of course, for the rest of his life. And of all those good, very public things, 
Perhaps his best example was his dedication to his family. It's well known that uh, President and Mrs. Bush lost a child, and that affected them uh, in ways I can't possibly imagine. But it also seemed to focus them on their other children, and they had great other children, of course, one becoming president of the United States. And what a, what a special thing I know that was for 41 and 43 to be presidents and to understand the things that only presidents can understand and to be able to share that and then to be former presidents together uh, and to share that special bond, a membership in the most exclusive club. And I know that it meant a lot to both of them. In 2009, President Bush attended the commissioning of the last Nimitz-class aircraft carrier in the United States Navy, the USS George H.W. Bush. And that was such a wonderful day. What a, a wonderful way to close the loop on his naval service, particularly as an aviator. And Godspeed to the sailors and the officers of the USS George H.W. Bush as they protect this nation, the nation that he loved so much. And who can forget the fact that President Bush became a skydiver later in life. He went skydiving in 2009 on his 85th birthday. He did it again in 2014 on his 90th birthday. That's unbelievable. There isn't enough time to pay adequate tribute to this great man. I want to mention two more personal things. Number one, Texas A&M, and number two, life in Houston. George H.W. Bush adopted Texas A&M as his university. And I do not think I am out of school because I've heard him personally say this. He did it because of the values that Texas A&M represents and because they were his values. And when he discovered that and felt it at Texas A&M, he selected that university for his library. He selected it for he and Barbara and Robin's burials. He became an Aggie. He was a fixture on campus. I was a member of an organization that presented him with an award at his library, and he, he, you could just tell that he loved Texas A&M. And he had one of the things, and he was at all the football games for a long time and was there teaching classes. Members of his administration came and taught classes at the Bush School of Government. And uh, But what I remember that when I realized he truly was an Aggie was when he showed up one day at a football game in a maroon blazer. That was the giveaway. I knew he was committed at that point. He spent a lot of time at Texas A&M. He loved that school, and we loved him too. Second, I want to talk about life in Houston. I grew up in Houston on the west side of town, and I was privileged to be around President Bush, his good friend Secretary Baker, and members of the Bush family, and still am. And when you live in Houston, it doesn't matter if you're a waiter or a waitress, a driver, a um, mailman, uh, or even a Texas history podcaster and a judge. When you're around President Bush, he's going to remember you. He's going to appreciate what you're doing. He's going to pay attention to what you're doing. He's going to get to know you if you see him regularly and he's going to be kind to you. That was President George H.W. Bush. He was committed to the United States of America. He was smart. He was dedicated to serving others. 
He was kind. He was gentle, but he was tough. I want to close with a personal story. The day before Election Day 2008, many of us who were on the ballot, judges, the district attorney, some others were having lunch at a restaurant on the patio. We were stressed about the upcoming the election the next day, as candidates are always stressed about elections. And the outcome was uncertain in 2008 here. And President Bush was having lunch on the patio with his staff. And after lunch, he walked over. And we, of course, all stood up immediately. He greeted each one of us individually by name. And he said, and I'll never forget this, he said, Barr and I voted, and y'all are going to be just fine. And that really buoyed our spirits. But what was funny is, of course, the next day we all lost. (laughs) And uh, we laughed about that uh, and the power of a former president. And uh, we didn't laugh about the loss, I can tell you that, but we laughed about the encounter later. And I saw President Bush and uh, shortly thereafter, and I reminded him of what he had told us the day before Election Day, and he chuckled, and he said, well, he goes, next time, if you run again, I'll vote for you twice. And that became our joke. I would see him around town, and, and every time I would remind him. But, you know, shortly thereafter, I didn't have to remind him. He would see me, and he would say something about it. And that right there is George H.W. Bush. I'm just one person. He had no need to remember me. Uh, he had no reason, and uh, but he did, and he did that for thousands of people around this country and around the world. Um, George H.W. Bush was a great example to all of us, so I encourage you very much to um, study his life, to read the tributes to him, especially from people who knew him the best, his family, his co-workers, and try to be a little more like George H.W. Bush. Godspeed, Mr. President. Ceiling and Visibility Unlimited.